Hey, hey, listener. I'm not quite sure what happened. Uh, I looked at the calendar today, realized it was uh, well into June, uh, possibly even, you know, June 21st. That's about five days after the uh, the 16th, which is when we were aiming to do releases, you know. And uh, I was I was honestly kind of shocked. Um, so, you know, a uh, little bit late, but uh, definitely got an episode out there. I am uh, pushing to get the next couple of episodes recorded so that I can keep things on track. Um, I know it's been a little rough uh, recently, so we, uh, you know, released... Uh, uh, we were on a roll, weren't we? So April 22nd, we uh, we, we put something out, and uh, yeah. So the 22nd, uh, I think we missed the 6th, but we ended up on the 20th of May. And then uh, we missed, um, well, we hit June 2nd. Yeah, okay. So so June 2nd, June 3rd, that's in there. And then, you know, we're about a week late. We should have hit the 17th. So I apologize for that. Um, 24th would not normally be a release date, but July 1st would. And uh, July 1st, I will be pushing to make sure an episode comes out. Uh, you know what? You're probably tired of hearing me babble about this. So let's jump into... What is this episode about? So this episode is going to be about Spirit Island. Spirit Island is a very interesting, asynchronous, cooperative, settler destruction game. Um, Really interesting. I enjoyed getting some plays in. Uh, This was a game that was in the game library at the Spring Fling and was deemed a bit longer to play. So, you know intriguing thought process there. Uh, I've picked it up. I've gotten several games in and wanted to get a, get a review out. Hope everybody enjoys and uh, we'll get back at the end of the episode. Hello and welcome to Gamers Lounge episode 151. Hey, it's working. 151? You don't say. It's working. That's crazy. I know. It is. 151 and a massive gap in between. Just a few years, months. But we're back on schedule with one small gap. Oh, that's good. So Yay, small gaps. I think this is, I don't know, something like eight in a row or nine in a row. Congratulations. Maybe seven in a row. Turns out it's actually three. It's but, actually you know. three, bro, but I count bad. <laughs> Explains a lot, just, to be fair. You're just padding the numbers a I little bit. I can count bit. gooder. So, uh, yeah, I owe you one back. From my... Uh, so so that was the exchange of the, the, the clear um, uh, Keyforge cases. Burger token Keyforge cases, yeah. cases, which are actually really good for keeping your... Unsleeve deck, so maybe not your your favorite deck, maybe not your most competitive deck, but all your other decks. Uh, and all my decks are unsleeved, and let me say that again for those that listener who is like a card player who's cringing. All my decks are unsleeved. That's right. All his unique, <laughs> never to be replicated decks that he can never replace or get fixed are all unsleeved. 
Were you at the Keyforge tournament where the guy got upset with me? Uh, no, he told me about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but now they're in boxes. And now they're in clear safer, boxes, and I can take boxes. them out on yeah, on sleeve them. Yes, I um. So I wasn't used. So so Burger Tokens. Josh recommended to me these uh, these deck cases. Um, I was amused, Josh, to get. Uh, I ordered two sets, and this one I haven't opened yet. But the fact that he basically lays out a flat piece of plastic and then rolls it up. Yep. <laughs> I, when it first got there, I was like, "What?" <laughs> but you know, it keeps them nice and they work. They yeah. work well. No, I, I'm I'm very happy with it. Looking around, my KeyForge box is not here; it's in the car. But uh, especially at twenty five boxes for twenty bucks or something. Yeah, twenty five for twenty bucks was amazing. It's a good deal. Highly recommended. So go search for it. Burger, I don't know. Burger tokens. Burger tokens. So, anyways, um, I have Josh here, and I have Mrs. Gamers on, and we are talking about Spirit Island. Hey, the Island of Spirits. The Island of Spirits. Um, so yeah, we've we've uh, we have been playing Spirit Island. I only have one extra game, and well, oh, yes. I have yeah, two, two two games over Josh and one game over Julie, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know for uh, for playing um, the geek lists Spirit Island. Let's see if we. Uh, Right at the top, because, yeah, I've been doing a lot of searching on this. Um, So, I I guess I should preface this by saying we've played, I've played half a dozen games now, and uh, I think this is a good time to review it. We've played several games uh, with, with, uh, between the three of us, and uh, we've played a lot of games wrong. Yeah, (laughs) that really uh, A couple of games correctly. I mean, I don't know if it sucked. We just didn't take the time to fully read every rule. We just missed the We were the going best. based on my memory of many months in the past. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So we'll come back to that because there, there's a, I think that's a good story. But Board Game Geek lists this as, uh, so it's an 8.4 out of 10, which is actually very well rated. Um, I think I would agree with that. I mean, we, I, I enjoy the game. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy the mechanics. I think they're different. Without being, I mean, they're unusual without being super different. So you can use them and play them and they still feel normal, but it feels different enough to be interesting. Yeah. 90 to 120 minutes. I I actually think I can see that once you start adding... Players. Um, How long was our, our last game of three players? I don't want to go to the early games, but... Uh, you mean the one today or the... The one today. I didn't look, but it was probably about... 120 minutes. I, I, yeah. I, thought, I thought about 90 minutes is what you... I thought we were about two hours, but we also did some cooking in we there. We were cooking in the middle and, and... chatting and whatever. Chatting. So, yeah, I, I guess the time is probably about right. But, I mean, that's fair amount for us in general, the three of us. True. When we play a game. That's true. That's true. Except for Azul, where you guys kicked my ass like four times in that amount of time. Yes, I mean, we you do. won two out of three the other day. <laughs> that is true. That is true. How did um, we let that happen? I don't actually know. Yeah. One to four players plays best at two. I what do you think, sweetie? I wouldn't agree. Um, you think it plays better at three? Yes. No, we um, haven't tried it at four. No, we haven't tried it at four, but with two and the correct rules, um, it was kind of quick and there wasn't a lot of Well, you're going off my stuff. game with John. John and I played a two-player game because you and I hadn't. This is the first time we've played with all the right rules. You and I still played with some of the wrong rules the first time we played. We were Maybe still, we played a different game that I'm 
I thought we had played this game. I guess not. We did play this game at lunch the other day. Yeah, just the two of us. Right. But we didn't play with all the right rules. Ah. So. I, even with the wrong rules, I think that two is. Better? Is, no, it's no, worse. It's not I as prefer good. three. There's a little bit more challenge. There's more going on. More fields are being taken care of. Which, I mean, I guess the little different patches. Yeah. There's more cooperative stuff uh, happening in the in a three-player game versus a two-player game. It's much easier to be like, cool, we need to do these two things. I can handle this. Can you do that? Right? With a three- or four-player game, there's more points of those discussions. Right. And then presence and range comes a lot more into into play. Well, and it, yeah, the island getting bigger. I, I, found, I found a two-player game to be kind of easy. Um, I actually think the difficulty of the game scales... Up with more players. I agree. And it's also, well, it's, it's certainly more places for you to make a mistake. More yeah. planes that, like, suddenly no one just has quite the range to deal or the card to deal with something. And oops, now suddenly you cascade and Blight gets popped out and bad stuff happens. Well, think about while the pushing would have been tough with what you played this time. Think if we had played, you know, one of the fear generating people and anybody else. Like the other day, John and I played. <coughs> The, the shadows creating fear or shadows flickering like flame and lightning. We'll get to the spirits in a minute, but we played basically a fear generating spirit and a damage generating spirit. And with those two only having to generate eight fear to flip a card went really quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I played the ocean today and it, I with that. And then a couple of the other cards I took, I was actually able to generate a lot of fear. Yeah. So, and then uh wait, so this actually says it's a pretty heavy game. Um, almost four, so 3.93, so almost four out of five. I don't know if I agree with that. So It doesn't one, feel like a heavy game to me. Well, the caveat there is we've only played it with difficulty zero, no adversary, and no another uh, scaling, right? That's a good point. As soon as you start adding, oh, whoops, every time this city grows, then this and this also happen, and it still builds here, like... There could be a lot more to track and a lot more to pay attention to right. as you increase those difficulties beyond the standard rule sets. Okay, that makes sense. And I actually think I'm interested to try the game at a harder at some of the harder difficulties because I do feel like at the base difficulties, it, with either a little bit of luck or some good planning, you can get far enough ahead. The game has trouble spiking back at you, like back back and and causing you like it's a game where if you get far behind or you start getting behind. It can it snowballs. snowball. Oh, so, like crazy. But if, if you get ahead, it doesn't It doesn't have a, as good of a catch-up mechanic either. Right. So I, this is definitely a Euro game. Um, there's, there's not a lot of randomness. It's all very deterministic. It's uh, placement on a board or not placement on a board. But, Combination so, of, of workers and cards and yeah. money. and So Spirit Island, the... Basic premise is kind of in the name, right? You are the spirits of this island. So the spirits that you have to choose from out of the basic box are, um, and I'm not going to give all the great names, but basically it's lightning, the spirit of lightning, who does a lot of damage, uh, the spirit of the rivers, who moves a lot of people around, uh, the spirit of shadows flickering like flames. So the Spirit of Shadows, who creates fear. Uh, the Spirit of Earth, who is a very protective, slow-building 
uh, spirit. And then those are the four low complexity spirits. Yep. I and definitely then, saw a difference with the higher ones to, to, today. Did you? I did. So then you have uh, two moderate complexity spirits. Uh, who's the Dahan girl? Thunderspeaker. Thunderspeaker, who is more the, uh, basically it's the spirit that comes from the native people. Yep. And the other one is who I did today, right? Which is uh, basically the overgrowing foliage, overgrowing trees. Yep. Uh, plants and trees and leaves. And then there's two high complexity spirits, the ocean. Yep. Um, who adds specific effects around the ocean and the bringer of nightmares or whatever, who's the super fear giver. Um, and, and they're both very interesting. Um, how either one of you like, well, let me go back and finish out. So those spirits are all on the Island. Everybody picks a spirit to play and you have invaders Amusingly, all of the invader pieces are white. So it's little white men, little white towns, and little white cities. Yep, and they're colonizers. They're colonizers. Um, When you put the adversaries in, the adversaries are Sweden, England, and Brandenburg, (laughs) Prussia. So it's all the white people. And um, you as the spirits are trying to kill, drown, murder, destroy... Stop the invaders, the stop the colonizing, and then scare them away. Yes. You can I push mean, them around. It too. actually it defines itself as a settler destruction game. Yes. Ooh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, settler destruction game. So, you know, it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Um, what are the basics to how it plays? Uh, so the basics, the first thing, that the, the key here is there's presence, and you have dist, and so... You start with a, you. Each spirit has its own board, and they have. There's a track for generating money and or elements, and then there's a track for the number of cards you can play. Right. And then you have some basic abilities, which are different per spirit, and they take discs off of your tracks to uh, place on the board and generate presents. But by taking discs off, you unlock whatever's under it, so you can generate more resources to play cards. You can generate uh, free elements, or you can increase the number of cards you can play in any given turn. The, the cards that you're playing are your powers. Yep. So every spirit starts out with four of their own powers, unique powers. And then there's a deck of minor powers and a deck of major powers. Yep. And each time you take a, you gain a power, you pull four, keep one. Uh, each of the powers, both the uniques, the minors, and the majors, have a track of elements that they generate. Uh, track is the wrong... It's basically a list. They, yeah. they each generate some number of elements by using that power. And then you can add up those elements based off of however many cards, powers you've used that turn to tr- and use those elements to trigger innate powers, which is another set of powers. Uh, which is your spirit-specific powers, but also some, you, there's each, some of the uh, powers have additional effects. If you've gotten four moons in a given... Uh, turn, right. then you can be like, great, I can also do this extra effect. So <clears throat> that's where, so because some people have said that they don't really see the, they don't see the spirits as being that different because it doesn't matter. Like, but I disagree in that the innate powers encourage you to go with specific elements that tie into the, to 
to your spirit's type, right? So, well, yeah, if you're going to ignore your innate powers, it doesn't matter. Then there's only little differences. I still think it matters of the spirits, but there's only there's innate differences, right? But um, why you would not be looking? Oh, sure, like, those innate powers are great. Don't I mean, sweetie? You've played the two. You've played all low complexity spirits, right? I mean, yeah, and most of the time I'm just helping people. I've found with the cards, the cards I'm getting are to help. Well, that's partly the cards you've been choosing to take. And I also think that's partly your. I think it's an easier approach for you in the game. Yeah, I I think that's partly you. Some of the responsibility to figure out what has what's the best play. And you guys seem to be able to figure out the more complexity part. Sure. And um, but what I was going to say actually, when I like went a different direction, was. Josh was playing the ocean, and if he hadn't played his things correctly or to his best ability with his cards, he couldn't have done much because he couldn't come in very far inland. I can't go inland at all. Exactly. <laughs> inland so, is not inland is not right. something so, I'm allowed to affect. Well, not allowed to have presence. You at. need the other spirit to come in and do the middle of the board because he can't come that way. So you have to play your cards and your spirits. So when I yeah, I found that when I played lightning, I was always trying to do. My innate powers, because the uh, lightning's innate powers are highly destructive. It's exactly what you want to be doing. Um, it was, fair, that comment was actually your comment, but that was after the first game. You were like, oh, I don't see the point of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but that was like... But that was partly because we just hadn't gotten... You just hadn't gotten fully into it. So, so for... Well, no, I, I know exactly why that was. So, so here we go. So, so for those people who are playing... <laughs> in the rule book, uh, when you read through the rule book, and, and this isn't, it's not clear in the rule book, or it wasn't clear to me in the rule book, nor in the how to play videos, which I watched, nor in Josh's memory for our first couple games. So there are symbols along, uh, sort of the first thing you do is this growth phase, and there are symbols along the growth phase for everybody. And every spirit actually has one thing that's in every one of their growth phases, which is called Reclaim Cards. And it has a graphic there. Now, the graphic is slightly different. However, when you search for Reclaim in the rulebook and look for a symbol that's similar to that symbol, the Reclaim that is easiest to find and you will be pointed towards is Reclaim a single card. So in our first several playthroughs, (laughs) we... So you get four cards in the beginning, and we played our cards and got them all into the discard pile, and then we went to reclaim and pulled a single card back, and most of the reclaims also have the ability to draw one of the new powers. So we basically, after turn, yeah, by the time you hit turn three, we were effectively operating with three powers, which one is makes it very difficult to trigger your innate abilities. Uh, because you're just not using them. Number two... Tons of invaders. Well, not just tons of invaders. Like, you're incredibly... Like, we were playing with handcuffs on. And I made that comment, actually, after... That wasn't the only thing we did wrong in our first game. So, we played our first game. And finished the game. And, and I made the comment. Uh, as a matter of fact, I feel like... I feel like I'm constrained... It felt like something wasn't quite right, but I can't figure out what it was. Seems like a cool game. We actually got very close to winning, 
and lost. I think we were like one fear card away from from winning. One fear. We were eleven fear total. We were nine for the next card and two for the. Yeah. So we were technically two cards away, but we were almost at the second. The right. Second to last. Card. Okay. So. So, like, that was, and we'll get to how to put fear and stuff out, but that was kind of a big deal. So, then I went back and started digging around through the rules and stuff and realized, oh, wait, we did two things wrong. One, the innate abilities that each spirit has actually stack. So, each of the innate abilities has three or four different things on it. And what I had missed was most of the innate abilities for most of the spirits increase the type of element you need for them. So instead of going, I have enough elements to do the third row of this ability, it's really, I can now do the first and second and third row. I still did that wrong today. Did you? On the on my slow power, not on my fast power. Okay. My fear generating power did correctly, but also because it says plus one, plus, plus one. one. Right. The other one I forgot I could actually destroy a town and a city. So, oh. and, and that was, was a doing, huge thing. So yeah. when I found that, I was like, oh my God. And I texted both of you and, you know, uh, and it was like, oh my God, we did this wrong. This is going to make a huge difference. Well, then I was so caught up. I'm like, God damn it. We're going to play again. So I was working from home. I was like, okay, sweetie, let's, we're sitting down and playing over lunch. And I also had noticed there's a cascade thing that we did wrong too, which is bad for us. So we played that correctly. And at the end of the game again, I'm reclaiming one card, drawing one card, and I, and I made the same comment. Like the game, we were, we, were one, one th- uh, we were one city away from winning the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I still feel like there's something off here. <clears throat> and we lost again. And, and then I was digging around, digging around. I was reading online all these hints, and everybody online talked about with your four basic cards... Play two cards, and then draw a card and play three cards, and then play three cards. And I was like, whoa, how the crap are they getting up to it? Like, and they're saying this with every single spirit. So I did a lot of digging around. There's actually a sidebar that explains just the reclaim and the growth phase. And when you do that in the growth phase, you pick up your entire discard pile. I think that makes a huge difference in the game. Well, definitely, because then you have enough cards to play. It's I could not have played the spirit I played today without that rule. So I so the last time we played, I I was able to get around that because I was actually able to reclaim two or three cards in a turn, like individual cards in a turn, right? Even with just just doing reclaim is accounting to one. Uh, so I was like, well, in some of your built-in powers on the specific spirit you were sure, playing, but I mean, I was also taking a lot the of reclaim card growth ability, right? And only picking up one card, but I was drawing two cards and picking up yeah, a card yeah. and picking yep. up another card. So I was less constrained by that than I would otherwise, than other people were, because I had this thing that even drawing one, I could still work around it. Uh, I could not have played the ocean with that, right. with that, because his reclaim a card was not nearly as well done. And, and what's kind of interesting is now if you were to go back to play Thunderspeaker and you got that engine of, you wouldn't have to use your reclaim. To get as much cards back, so you could do the other actions. Yeah. Uh, I would probably end up doing better with her. Although, she's interesting. She's hard to balance. Yeah. She's great until you're behind, and then she's not good at all. So, um, let's talk about some of the rest of the mechanics. I know we jumped ahead, and, you know, no no big surprise, Gamers Lounge, huh? Yeah, it, it sounds like it's a very complicated game, since we've been jumping around. It's not super complicated, but... 
I'm also, as Mrs. Gamers Lounge, not going to say it isn't complicated. I felt it was really overwhelming for the first game. This is another one of those games, as I'm thinking about it, that I think you need to play with somebody somebody who's played and remembers the rules. Good recovery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't blame it all on Josh. I'm not blaming it all on Josh. I just, I, I think the game is, I think this game would have been frustratingly complicated had we not played with Josh in the first game. Yes. And then, even playing with Josh, it, it would have been easier. I think it was easier for me to teach John, mm-hmm. having just played recently and knowing the right rules, than it was. That always helps in a game. Right. Yeah. Well, but I think this helps a lot more than normal. Yes. Partly because, like I said, it's it's unique or unusual in the way it plays and still feels normal, but it's easy to make mistakes. Right. It's easy to be like, oops, I didn't realize I had to be sacred for this. Or, oops, like, range can suddenly make a difference, or I wasn't placing these where I needed to play. There's a lot of mistakes that can hinder you if you're not paying attention. So the basic flow of the game is you have your island set out, you have this player board for the invaders, and then everybody has their own player board for their spirit. Each of the spirits is going to go through what's called a growth phase, where they... Grow. Tune. They grow, right. They're they're either you're either adding powers, you're adding more presence to the board, or you're gaining Gain, energy. Gaining resources, energy, and work your cards back. <coughs> right. I believe you have one 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 option to get your cards back. Then there's at least one or two to put uh, presents out, and some of those are put presents out and get cards. Some of them are put presents out and get energy. energy. Some it's, are just put presents out. Yeah, and so it just depends on your spirit and how it plays like it's it's philosophy if you will right but also what you need to accomplish right if if you need a bunch of energy and you've got high cost cars in your hand do the one that generates energy plus other things right and then when you're picking new powers there's minor and major powers you can take a major at any time minor either way you're drawing four cards picking one discarding three minor powers you're basically just putting the power in your hand and you're good to go major powers you're putting the power in your hand and discarding another power to add the major power. I seem to forget that a little bit. You guys got to make sure I yeah. actually discard. Yeah. Well, well, but this is where the complexity that Josh was talking about comes in, is there's lots of little bits that are easy to miss in the game. So I think everybody needs to watch everybody. Even today, and we're getting to it, but even today I would ask, you know, did everybody get their fear? Did everybody get their, their energy, their money? Um, so when we're done with that, you then, all powers are classed as fast and slow powers. And when you finish with the growth phase, we go into the actual. They're classed as either fast or slow. Right. And we go into the main phase of the game. And the first phase of the main phase of the game is do all your fast powers. So you then get to act. We affect the board in different ways by our powers, sometimes by our innate powers. Uh, we've already put the powers and paid for them that we're going to use. Once we do that, we then check to see the island has what's called blight. And blight is basically the invaders blighting the land, chopping down trees, yep. digging up fields. Not being harmoniously in the bushes. In, right? <laughs> right. Destructive. Being destructive. And being Americans. <laughs> well, in this case, not Americans. <laughs> right. European colonizers. So... All the games we've played, we started with a healthy island. There is a healthy and blighted island card that flips. The healthy island starts with a certain amount of blight on it, and that's where your blight is generated from if you if something generates blight. When the healthy side of the card runs out of blight, 
it flips to be a blighted island and bad things start happening. Yep. It gets a lot more blight on it, and if you run out of that, you lose. Right. But there's also now a negative effect because the island is not healthy. They've already started winning. Yes. Um, after you do that, you go to a fear effect. Now, certain things you do in the game will generate fear. Some of the powers will generate fear straight up. Every time you destroy a city, it generates fear. Every time you destroy a town, it generates fear. And On cards. Yeah, certain powers will generate fear. Ah. Basically, and we make them afraid or think the island is haunted as we destroy them, so they is. quit messing with us. Right. Once you generate enough fear, which is set by the number of players and, if you put adversaries in the game, AI, uh, once you generate enough fear, you'll flip a fear card. In the fear deck, like you start the game with a win condition tied to the fear deck, which is, at any point... If there are no invaders whatsoever on the island, you win. That's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) That's really not easy. Um, As you get through your first level of fear cards, you'll eventually, depending on how how it's being played, uncover tier two of the fear deck. You then slide tier two over and it says, if at any time there are no towns or cities left, all these little explorers go running for the... For the ocean. Well, eventually they die. Right. People will stop showing up, and then they die. Right. Um, then if you finally get down to Tier 3, Tier 3 says, hey, if you ever could just wipe out the cities, don't worry about the towns, don't worry about the invader, the explorers, just get rid of the cities, then you win. And then if you, after that, it's pretty much complete the fear deck, and then you win. So one of the things you look at doing is generating fear, and... Those fear cards that come off is what comes off to uncover. They're all going to have an effect as well. Yeah, and they're, they're beneficial effects, but because they're randomized, you can't predict them because you've already played your fast powers. You've done your fast powers. You've already locked in. Right, you've right. done all of that, and then you find out what the fear effect and so it can be helpful. And, in fact, it was quite helpful us numerous times yeah. today. But it's not things you can plan on because you don't actually get to reveal them until this, this next phase. Right. So... After you go through that fear phase, then the invaders have their turn. (laughs) And they throw down. So they start off by basically killing natives and wrecking the land, called the ravage phase. Then they move from that to building new cities on the land they just, or on land, where they explored. And then they explore new land because, hey, that's what they're there for. So, caveat, because we didn't actually mention this. There are four types of land in on the island, and ah. so each board is consisting of at least two types of each. So they each have, yep. they have eight open spots. And so there's two sand, two wetlands, two jungle, and two mountains. And so what happened is you're revealing these cards for the invaders' actions, and that tells you, hey, on the mountains, they're going to ravage. And on the, and on the sand, they're going to build. And then after the build phase, after you complete this round, the next turn, wherever they built last turn is where they're going to ravage next. Right. And and then you flip over the explorer. Where are they going to explore? And basically they explore any land type that's on the card that is near either the ocean, they sail new boats in, or a city or town. Yep. You know, they leave the city or town. Um, so once all that's done and your invaders have... Basically messed up the place like a bunch of frat boys leaving a party outside. Uh, you then go on to your slow powers to try to, you know, sweep up and repair some of the damage. Yep. 
Uh, or so, just continue with your wild rampage of spirit fear. True, or destroying <laughs> things. So the the some of the advantages of fast powers is you get to do you get to affect the board state before the invaders get to affect the board state again. So you can see what's right. coming up and move people, damage things, all that sort of stuff. Slow powers happen afterward, um, which you know because you can see what's coming, you can still deal with it. Like, I was waiting because I was like, oh, they're going to build here, and I can kill a person and a right. town. So after they build a town, I'll just kill both uh, as a slow power, and it would be less good for me to do that as a fast power. Yeah, I haven't gotten a good feel for, like, there's certain powers that are always going to be fast. Defend powers always go fast because going slow would not matter. Um, but it- then there's some others that I'm I'm not... I haven't gotten a good feel for where the differentiation is. That's very interesting because I'm thinking about it. We try to make all of our pa- all of our cards and powers fast, so we do them before. We haven't really kept because, anything from- because of our previous games. We're afraid of the invaders, <laughs> so we try to be very aggressive. Because Josh and I, at least, tend oh. to respond to fear with aggression. <laughs> right? No. It's a valid approach. No, not it's a strong me approach. Too. But yeah, we don't keep things for the slow phase, realistic slow phase. Uh, Josh did, did today. Josh did today. I did a lot today because it was, was like, my... oh, cool! I drown things, and we get a fear if I kill a town. I'll wait. Yeah. Build your little town, and then I'll drown <laughs> all of you. So, I'll take you away. <clears throat> I think there's um overall, I think there's a, a really big push to try to act as fast as possible because we this destroyed. game. Well, this. This game particularly, the benefit goes to the aggressor. So if you get behind, it is, uh, we we mentioned at the very beginning, if you get behind, the game can snowball really quick and just get out of control. I mean, it's not unrecoverable because I've definitely gotten behind and recovered, but it adds a lot of attention when you're in that case, right? Like, it's like, oh God, if the wrong card comes up, we lose. Right. Um, Right. And to be fair, being able to do things before the invaders get a chance to do them is huge in terms of, oh, you stopped them from building, so now I don't even have to worry about them ravaging the next turn. Uh, Uh, Stuff like that. We generated fear cards, which won't go off until next turn. Yep. So things like that. And then you go to cleanup. You basically clean up any any outstanding things. You discard your cards, uh, all your cards, the powers that you've used, and then you know discard the money that you uh, the power that you spent on them, energy. and then it energy, and then it wraps back around uh, to go back the other way. Um, that's the game, and as we mentioned, there's a bunch of little particulars which are inter- you know easy to miss. Sometimes I- I've done it. I can get very excited, and I'm like, ooh, all right. I'm now going to play these four powers because it triggers all this amazing stuff. And, like, even tonight I caught it just as Josh was about to go, you know you're going to play two. Well, because he, he was laying out three, and I was like, he's separating them, maybe. No. And he's like, crap, I only can play two. I was like, yep, I noticed. You know, uh, being able to, you know, gauge, you know, sometimes the powers only go off of your shrines versus just where you have presence. Yeah. Um, you so know, placing discs is important. Uh, not being places that get blighted is important because you can lose discs when that happens. Right. And in general, there's no way to get those back. The rampant growth guy is the one difference there, but everyone else can't get discs back. So, right. like, as you're putting presents out, if you start getting behind, if blight happens where you are, that disc is lost and you don't ever get it back. Well, so your um, ability to get presents spread out is, is 
There is one spirit that you can get it back. The rampant growth one. The ramp. Yeah, that was the one I played today. There's oh. also one. Um, one of the powers which I happen to also pull today. Will the power allows you to get to get two, um, to get two of your destroyed presents back, and put them back on the board. Nice. That would be good. Yeah, that was and that was the one I used at the very end. So it's but it's a major power. Um, remembering to discard. A yeah. power for your major powers. I think you've one. had to remind me every time I've done that. The natives, the Dahan or Tahani. Um, <laughs> the natives are something else that. So the natives have two health. They do two damage, but they the when the ravage effect happens, the invaders attack the land and the natives at the same time. So sometimes it's kind of easy to forget one or the other, or to miss. You know where something's happening there, right? And they and the the Dahan only do damage back if they're alive. So they, in general, will die. And then if any of them are left, they do two damage back. Right. So, mm. what do we think about the game? With so, as we get into this area, there is the basic game. Yes. Open up the box, take a small portion of it, leave it in the box. Play the game just off the basic setup. That's what we've done every time so far. Yes. Then there's ways to make it more complex. So what do we think about the basic game? Sweetie? I like it. I'm not sure it's my favorite. I don't know if I would put it on my shelf. Really? Sorry. I am now a gamer, I've been told. I think I have six games. Okay, this is a good aside. So I came in the other day because I came to this realization. And it, this is definitely a choo-choo way off the tracks train. Oh, good. So, oh, good. So, so I come in the other day. And uh, and after I had discovered that we were doing the discard wrong, just as a caveat, we had played a long game over lunch. And then we broke. I finished working. She went out shopping. And when I finished working, before she got back, is when I discovered the reclaim card the problem. The reclaim card problem. So she showed back up. I'm like, so I just texted Josh. You would not believe this. And I tell her. And at that point, at 7 o'clock at night, my lovely wife went, oh, do you think we can get another game in over dinner? <laughs> <laughs> so, And we both looked at the clock and went, oh, we don't know how much it changes. Probably not. So, And that's when we texted you and said, okay, Sunday, we got to go. Like, we're playing the game again. Yeah, we're playing. <laughs> FYI. <laughs> So are um, coming over. So then Friday, I came to the realization. I walked in the house and uh, after work, and I said, you know, I came to this realization, sweetie. Um, you can no longer tell anybody you're not a gamer. Like you do all this provocation when people are like, "Oh, are you both gamers?" And she's always like, "Well, I you like introduced games. You, you introduced me to game. I'm not really to, a gamer. I try to I find just games play that games. I like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is the line. As I pointed out to her. Oh, she, she has a shelf. Azul. Mm-hmm. That's number one. She'll play that pretty much any time I pull it out. Spirit Island. She's now willing to pull that out. Play. No, no, I'm going to. Liar. No. Liar. Now that we've played it today, you won't. <clears throat> Stuff Tales. She's all into that and willing to play it. You don't want to play Stuff Tales? No, no, I don't. I don't uh, think Spirit Island will go on my shelf. Uh-huh. Folklore. So we're yep. up to four with Spirit Island. Uh, we haven't really played Castle Burgie, so I'm not throwing that one on you. 
But uh, the wine game. Yep. Yep. Viticulture. Here we go. That's that's five. Uh, Gloom and Kill Fourth. She'll play that with me, and has actually asked to play that. And there were, a couple, there were a couple more, and they're all kind of on one shelf because he'll pull them out very quickly if I want to play. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would not put this one on my shelf, I don't think. Oh, okay. We had enough that there is now a decision point when I say, hey, do you want to play a game? It's not like, uh, there's a three to go to. Right. Now it's like, hey, do you, and this is what I realized Friday night, because I was like, hey, you want to play a game? She's like, oh, what are we going to play? I'm like, I don't know. Let me list the games that you enjoy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, okay. I am a gamer. Uh huh. Yeah, you are. Oh, Call to Adventure. Oh yeah. I have I have quite a few games, but yeah. you know I've played a lot of games to get to those games. You have, which I think that's important. Is okay. I've tried, so we can get back on track. So you would not put this on your shelf. Why would, would you not. not put this on your very limited shelf? <laughs> I think that is a little too complicated for me with all the different moving parts. Oh. If it wasn't for the two of you being able to guide me, or I'm going to need like six more games. And I don't think that that's fun. So my counter argument to you on this is I don't think you focus on your gameplay enough to really get into it. Right? Like, you were playing Lightning, and Lightning is, I want to stack up air and fire and... And just blast and, the crap out of right? stuff. Right? Like, I want to play a bunch of cards so I can start nuking stuff, plus I get to do all the stuff of my cards. Mm-hmm. And you played the uh, constancy card most turns, you played the, you get to go faster most turns, which helped us. I was, but you took so you, you know took who, a spirit who was aggressive. I mean, that... You took played him as a the support. most aggressive spirit... And you play it as support, which doesn't let you really be involved and doesn't let you maximize what you want to do. And the That's... other time you played, you played fe- the the low complexity fear. I actually think if we play, when we play again, I haven't played Earth yet, so I don't know one way or the other. That's really defensive, and I don't think you're thinking defensive, but I think you should play River. River. She played River the first time. You played Fear. No, no, that's what I'm saying. The first time she played River, the first time she and I played together, uh, she played Fear. I'm also in my personality, but also when it comes to making a cooperative game better, when some, when I'm told something will help. Well, sure, but I tend to con- and that's why I'm saying like River. That. River is all about pushing and supporting. Mm-hmm. So I think River would be a good fit for how you want to play. That's good, because, Josh, I did not see the complexity or how I could, like, build up or do anything. Right. Like, I didn't see it at all. I agree. I think you were taking too many support cards, which is, like, if you looked at the cards I was playing, I was trying to get three or four water, Mm -hmm. two mountains, three mountains, um, two moons, and an air. Because you could do the most on the bottom of your card. Right. So that let me generate three or four fear. It let me nuke a town and a city. Plus... The actual effect of my cards. So one of the most important things when I go to buy powers mm-hmm. is looking for the elements. So, so I, that I can a... maximize my four part, three or four cards I play a turn to get that stuff. And I was only looking at if I have a purple, I can play my cards fast. And when I played... Right. When Not I, the combo. When I played with John, he played Shadows and I played Lightning. And there were... Se- and this is something I noticed you weren't doing. There were several points where you would you would say... You could play, let's say, three cards, and you would put two down, and 
you're going to play these. And then you'd look at your third card and go, does anybody need this? And in the one time that both Josh and I said no, you went, okay, and put it aside. Let me give you the other side of that. I play playing with John. Mm-hmm. I went, here are the three cards I'm playing. John's like, oh, what do they do? I'm like, oh, <laughs> does this help you? No, all of my cards are already fast. I'm like, huh, that sucks. I'm still <laughs> playing it because it gives me all the elements I need to then go in and destroy a city or destroy a town or whatever so I can do more. Hmm. That's a lot to think about. It, well, my point was you just, weren't, good point. you just weren't playing the spirit the way it wanted to be played. So you weren't able to get much benefit. You were not as involved in some ways because you didn't use your innate powers at all. Right. Because no. you weren't playing the elements that you needed. You weren't searching for the cards to trigger the elements you needed to do your extra abilities. Other than play play your slow abilities fast. Yeah. Um, which is also really strong. I think that I think that's one of the strongest spirits out there, as especially as a low complexity. And lightning lightning has frighteningly lightning's powers are almost all slow. Right. And then you make them fast. Every time you take an air. Yep. Interesting. Um, and there were times that, so John got the card that gives three elements to somebody else. And so something that's kind of interesting, I would play, I would get to a point where I would play three or at one point four, um, four cards that were all slow cards and all had air elements on them. So those four are now going. However, lightning's innate power is also slow. And I would go through and be like, oh, crap. Hey, John, can you play just to give me the air? It's like you knew when it needed to be to let me To let me be able to do everything fast. Like Lightning, yeah, Lightning really wants to be going early and often. I think we should play it with me being the support. Which spirit was that? We just need to look. I think water would be good for you. Um, I actually don't think jungles would be. The, the rolling foliage I mean, stuff that I just played. I'm not saying I, I wouldn't play it. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't like say, oh, let's, we don't say this in the house, but sell this game. Um, well, I we're would... trading and selling some games, but no, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to let this go. I mean, I, I, I can see what I you're saying. I would play it again. Sure. I, I don't know, like, if I'd pull it out. Uh, the other thing I've noticed is you do not put presents out aggressively. Right. I really don't understand that. That's what I was. Uh, that was my assumption based on the fact that I saw you put three or four presents out all game. I did, yeah, and I did that with the game that we played. Yep. I didn't understand, and I don't. So I think there's still parts of the game that I just sure. totally don't. Yeah, no, and that's fine. But that's those are the reasons I would caveat with, hey, maybe maybe you're not fully into it because there's parts that you that don't <clears throat> that have not matched the way you've been acting around it. Okay, but um, to be clear, even though you may not. You wouldn't come in on a night and put it on your shelf. You wouldn't come in some night and go, hey, sweetie, let's play. I said, right? hey, honey, let's work. Right. <laughs> oh, come on. But That's by the same token, happen. there's other <laughs> games like Star Trek Ascendancy or Scythe where you wouldn't even play it. No. No. I mean, you've seen you've seen us play Scythe several times. And I'm like, hey, I've you want to invite and... your friends over on Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I mean, that's also good to know is there's... It's not in the category of games that you wouldn't play. No, like if we had friends over or something like that, but if you came out at lunch, that's not what I would pick. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Even though you think it plays... Well, you said you think it plays better at three. I think it plays better with three, but then again, maybe that's because I'm supporting. And if I'm only supporting you, then it's... Yeah. One... A lot tougher. One player game. Well, it's just waiting for you to do all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
What do you think, Josh? So I think that with, especially with some thought behind your combo of spirits, the base game can be fairly easy. I would be interested to see, I would be interested to try the adversaries to ramp the difficulty up. Because, like I said, I think you you might get unlucky, but I think once you have a strong handle on the game, the initial base game by itself is very doable. All like a very solvable, yeah, very solvable. Ninety five percent chance you're going to get it. You know, um, I think the base game plays, and I've tried to think about this more because I had a different opinion after John and I played, uh, which was after John and I played, I came home and said, "I'm a little afraid this game's too easy." But you also said this game finally makes sense. Which and is that a tutorial. Is By being able the reclaim action working the way it actually does is was my biggest the biggest thing that solved things for me to this feeling like the game before that it felt like the game wasn't made correctly. Was it felt like it was broken. And even though we almost won both times, we were hugely hand, handcuffing ourselves and it just didn't feel right. I felt constantly constrained in a negative way, not in a positive way. Yeah. Um, this opened up the entire game, and it felt enjoyable to me. But I do think, yeah, it, it can become easy. But I also think that's why they put the adversaries in. Right. And and to be fair, we talked about earlier that there's 10 levels of difficulty you right. can turn on through different mechanisms. Oh, and I And we've been playing basically level zero. Yeah, I'm still right. <laughs> so, well, there's a yeah, there's level zero and an additional ten levels of difficulty. So it's zero oh, to so ten. Oh, so this game could go a lot farther. And, right. For uh, people and who. So here's the ads. Um, there are four scenarios that are not just what we played. Hmm. Now, two of those scenarios are still considered level zero. They just change what you're doing in the game, other than just wipe out the invaders. Um, then, the, and then you can, you, so there's four scenarios. So we could just pull a scenario out and play it. And two of those scenarios make it more difficult. Then there are three invaders, three different, I'm sorry, three adversaries, which change who the invaders are. That's where we were mentioning before Sweden, Brandenburg, Prussia, and England. wondered, but I wasn't going to ask. Huh? I wondered where that came from, but... Yeah. So that's, I mean, literally, that's the cards are, this is the country of England. England is who's invading Spirit Island and trying to settle. And each of those three invaders has six levels, or of adversaries, has six levels of complexity. Oh, wow. That scale across a 10, a 10, uh, a 10, a 10 level difficulty scale. And then... If you've gotten through all that and that's become routine, you can then combine an adversary with a um, scenario. With a scenario, this game could go a lot farther than what we've done. Much further, <laughs> yeah. And that's before you get to. There's already an expansion out there with two or three new spirits, and there's a new expansion through a Kickstarter that is a complete new. Adds an additional. Uh, and we got to get to that too. The board adds an additional tile or two tiles to the board, and a bunch of new spirits, and some new fear cards and whatnot. So there's also the board is double sided. The board that we've played on is a basic board. The basic board has 
a balanced distribution of land. Yep, it's two of each type. On each tile. Well, two of each type, and they're all spread around and things like that. The more detail, the other side of the board is a, the, the art is more detailed. It's going to make it a little more difficult, I think, to tell what's a wetland, what's a mountain, and whatnot. Also, it's not a balanced distribution. So, for example, all of the wetlands are together at the base of the mountain, because that's where wetlands would form on an island. The mountain is in the center of the island because that's where a mountain would be on an island. Um, so it, it changes sort of the distribution of the land, which also changes how the game plays. Right. Especially because they build and ravage based on the type coming out. Right. So then you'll have to focus a lot more effort into single targeted areas. So if you don't have presence, it's not as easy to be like, cool, everyone just deal with the thing near you. It's, oh, we've got to get to this area and deal with it right now. Right. So, I mean, I while I say the game is easy the way we've... Could be. I don't even think it's easy. Right. It could be easy, and likely we're going to win it if we just keep sitting down to play the game we just played. Regardless of the Didn't mix. did we win? Yeah, we, we did. won. Okay. Uh, I mean, it, there are certain spirit combinations that could get you in trouble if you, for instance, don't have a real answer to yes. cities, right? If no one took an answer to cities, you better hope you get the right power cards out of the deck. Yep. Yep. Because otherwise, guess what? You heard You're trouble. screwed. <laughs> but, but even with that, like, it's there is a lot of ways to adapt the game to keep it interesting. Yep. And I think even just the basic game, not only is it good for tutorials or teaching it, but I also think it's good for just a light game. Hey, let's play a light version of this versus we all want to sit down and really dig in. You know? I'd agree. So. Yeah, you could do. I mean, you could also have fun and take the two fear spirits. Yeah. Just to see, like, yeah. if how much, <laughs> if, like, can you race the system, right? Can you keep pushing people out of the places they want to be and generate enough fear that you race the system before they overwhelm you? Right. Because uh, sorry, the addendum that is the really heavy duty fear spirit doesn't, doesn't actually do damage. damage. It just fears and pushes people, so they're not actually removed at all. Like he cannot I, remove. I them. want to play him. Like he's the other high complexity, like ocean. So let's talk about. So let's talk about the low to the medium to the high complexity spirits, and I think covered a couple of different. Like we touched at a high level what they do. Low complexity spirits are very direct. Straightforward. Very straightforward. Um, lightning wants to do damage, yep. right? Water wants to push people around and support. We don't know what Earth wants to do because... Earth wants to... <laughs> protect. So, it, so what it wants to do is create sacred sites. Okay. So it, yeah. every one of its growth powers puts out a single presence, but it only ever puts out a single presence. And anywhere that it has a sacred site has defend three. So it takes oh, three wow. less damage. So it will literally slowly build up an area of just... You, my opponents don't do as much. Anything, right? right? And you just keep building out from there. Interesting. But it, it takes time because it, in general, only puts out one a turn. So that becomes a sacred site. The next turn, I am now presence here. Right. Turn after that, I've got That's sacred, sacred site, site, right? Like, it's going to do that over time. Okay. So, and then um, Little Fear. Shadows flicker like flame. Little Fear. Little Fear, who can damage and bounces stuff off of right. Dawn. And, uh, yeah, bounce, it specifically bounces the stuff off the yeah. Han, which Can is kind of cool. any range through the Han. So, mode for those who played War Machine. So those are, those are all very direct. Now, the two medium powers. I played one today, and you played the other the other yep. day. So 
foliage, trees, the forest, grows. Like, it says on the back of the board, fastest, fastest way to put out presents will grow quickly. Y- yeah. I, I, was, I was actually surprised at how quickly I could clear presents. Not just for me, but also there's a base. One of the unique cards lets your 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 other your your one of your other spirits yeah one of the other spirits your your allies put out um, presence. presence as well which, which was don't forget when you add presence what you're also doing is unlocking either energy, more energy or, or elements or more card plays right so like that was I think that was really cool I had a couple of ways to handle blight uh, both off of cards and off my innate powers I never got to it on my innate power. But I had ways to handle blight. Um, I can see why because he's the earth, right? I mean, not the earth. He's the nature. Nature. Um, I could see why. So, a couple of things I found interesting. One of the things it mentions is it's they are very good at dealing with cities and towns, not as good at dealing with um, the the explorers. Explorers. (sighs) I'm not sure I saw that. Like the unfortunately, the powers I had, it took a while to build up to be able to start killing towns. So I didn't feel like I was, and I guess I'm comparing it to lightning, right? I didn't feel like I was as effective at killing towns. But I guess if there is a large, a large group of towns, yeah, I could then do a bunch of damage with the. Well, no, because it's still only to one town. It's not to every. Trying to think of the, the innate power basically says do one damage to a town or a city, and then do it again. Well, I mean that could kill a town. It kills towns, right? Um, it's it is not going to be as good as lightning is at destroying, right? Like it's because it's not a destruction power, right? It's not. It's not. It has other things it does other than straight damage. So it's not going. It's not trying to be as good at that as that is. Right now, what about thunder speaker? Thunderspeaker is interesting because Thunderspeaker is the spirit of the natives. So you've got these little mushrooms, which are the natives' towns, that fight back. And the Thunderspeaker's presence, they have a ton of shifting, pulling them. You see, there's Gather, which takes, you target a place and you can pull stuff in yeah, from nearby. Moving, sh- and then pushing and out pushing. of there is their other thing that's part of that same ability. So you can gather in and then push out to a new location. Yep. And their presence. Move. You can move your presence when you move the the natives. So instead of it being like you build up over land, you're actually wherever the natives are is where your presence is, and so it ties in really thematically. They also have um, some abilities that make the natives fight at the same time. Um, so they're going to do damage back and cause and fight instead of like, oh, we got crushed, and then hopefully some of us are still alive. Right. She does have a downside where, hey, guess what? If you if a if a Don gets killed, then you also lose a disc. That can be you. It's interesting because you got to be. It's almost more like you got to be overwhelming wherever you go, right. so that you don't lose a town. Or if you go in and just kind of break even, you're you as a player are still getting screwed. Right. Which is something we didn't. Okay, so talking about that with the natives, we didn't talk about the sort of the the thing that rampant growth does well. We did not. Which is rampant growth can in areas can flat say natives don't get to, or I mean uh, uh, invaders don't get to ravage and don't get or don't get to build. Correct. They could just stop it. Yeah. 
He can just lose a disc to negate the action. And then he has an ability to pull the discs back. Right. That's that's rampant gross innate power. Yeah. Um, the innate power of the Thunder Speaker is I can move with my people when I push or pull them, which is great. Uh, but they, their other rule is, hey, if you lose a, a native town, I also can lose a disc within range one. Right. And that can be painful. If so I think careful. the moderate complexity, would you say the moderate complexity there comes from balancing not losing the Dahan because it weakens you so much faster? Yeah. Uh, and, and the and figuring out how to move, where to move your disc to get, because you're moving your disc. maximum so, effect. Right. So you go, oh, I've got this spell at range two, but I'm at range three or something right now. Right. So technically I can pull everyone here and that pulls a disc. Then I push and that pulls a disc. Now I'm actually in range to cast a, cast my ability when I get to it. And see, and I think the, the moderate difficulty from rampant growth comes from I was everywhere, but I couldn't do as much as I thought I hmm. could. Like I was a little bit, I was constrained on energy a lot of times. Even like that's why it was so huge to be getting the ability, getting the extra energy from Julie's support stuff. Um, and I was constrained on card play. Like I always wanted to play a card or two more than I could. I understand. I eventually got there when yeah. I could play four cards. Well, of, you, yeah. So, so let's talk about because I still, well, I, I used your ability a lot to get free presence generation. Right. That helped a lot because I don't get money. <laughs> so let's go to so Ocean in in Big Fear. Big Fear. None of us played Big Fear. Big Fear comes down to cannot do damage, cannot destroy things, but all damage and destruction converts into extra fear. Yep, and you get to push, and you get to do push. Yeah, push stuff around. Uh, but it, but that's high, that's a high complexity and Big Fear. It literally has a rule that says cannot do damage, cannot do right. so destruction. You're going to need to push things to maximize other people's play is kind of a lot of what that is and get things out of where it wants to be effective right then. And you're going to try to generate enough fear to offset the cost of not being able to kill stuff. Right. So, so definitely, I mean, it's a very different way to play the whole game. So I, it makes sense that that's high complexity. Ocean. Ocean's Tell us fun. about ocean, Josh. <laughs> so each of the four, each of the the, the land, um, the land tiles, tiles, yeah, the land tiles has an ocean location, and in general, ocean locations can't be used by people unless right. the ocean players in. The ocean players in, you can now push stuff onto that location, uh, and they'll drown, and the ocean gets to use them as, to, as energy for costs of abilities later. You can also only go to coastal lands, which means lands adjacent to the ocean. Right. Which is weird. Uh, which means you need someone to come help you with the rest of your your land tile, because I can't actually get in all my base power, say, target coastal land, range zero. So I have to have presence there, and I can't go pull in or any of that stuff. So something occurred to me. Um, in the invader cards, the cards that tell you which land types they're going to invade... You know, explore, mm -hmm. build yeah. everything. The level, there's level one, level two, level three. There's only four level ones. We made it through all the four level ones before we uh, won our game. Um, I'm sorry, the three level ones. There's four level ones and you pull one to only put three in there. It happened, I don't know, I, I'm, I don't think you realize this. The one we pulled in our latest game where you played Ocean was the Wetland one. 
which is huge because all the oceans, when ocean is in play, all the ocean spaces count as wetlands, which actually means invaders explore and build in the ocean there. But they would just auto-drown. Huh. So I don't think they explore and build there. I, I think, think it they counts might, as... I, I bet they explore there. Because there's something in the book that actually talks about... It, it does talk about how it's a wetlands location. Right. Um, but if they got there, then I would just... They would auto-drown. And that would be better so, for me. <laughs> that might Actually, that might and that might be part of it, which is they may drop in and just give you three just explorers. Give, right, so just give me some energy, because if I'm not playing with people to push, yeah. stuff into the, push stuff to the edges where I can affect them, where I can drown them and pull them into the ocean or whatever. So that's the other big ability that ocean has. Right, is drowning. So... When either people are pushed on the ocean or if I play a card that says drown, I get them as a resource where I spend health equal to the number of players and it becomes one energy, which is pretty cool. So three in our case. So I would spend a town and a person for one energy. Oh, I didn't think that's how it worked. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realize it was number of players. I thought they just, I thought a, an explorer was one energy. Oh, uh, God, no. No, I would have been at like okay. 75 energy in that case. Yeah, you had a lot, yeah. Uh, I did, but it was... We it were was feeding still, you. <laughs> it was a different... It was not nearly as high. So. The other interesting thing, and this is this is the coolest thing, I think, about the ocean. I don't know if it's a super beneficial thing to the way you play, because it forces some decisions, but it's kind of like the tide rises and falls. Yeah. So some of the growth cards are, you have to go from the ocean and move your presence into the coastlands. And then the card, that, the growth option where you get your, your reclaim your cards, your discard pile, hey, that's low tide. You have to pull a presence from a coastland back to the ocean. So, like, I, a couple times I had a bunch of presence in the ocean and not much in the coastlands, and I didn't want to do the reclaim choice because I would just pull in the rest of myself and wouldn't be able to right. affect stuff. So I would delay a turn, push out, so that the next turn I could pull back in and reclaim cards. Yeah, that was something when I looked at it. It looked interesting, and it looked... Complicated. Yeah. No, it was a, hit. <laughs> a couple times I was like, crap, um, not going to do that this turn. Have to do this first just so I don't, because a lot of their abilities are range zero, which means you have to target a place where you have presence. Right. And coastlands. So, hey, get on the coast. I enjoyed it, though. I actually would definitely play that character again. I, I would, yeah, I'm really, I really, I would like to try and probably will try in the, in the next game I play, uh, Bringer of Fear. Well, and I think Bringer of Fear plus the Ocean work really well together since you're going to be doing a bunch of pushing Pushes. anyway. Yeah. That's someone who's aggressively pushing and someone who wants them to put them into my range so I can drown <laughs> them seems like a good combination. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I would say that for gamers and hardcore gamers, this is a great game. It's a good twist on other other territory control games. It is a Euro territory control game. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I feel like it's very much a Euro territory control game. Um, it's a good cooperative game. I do think this game almost battles the alpha gamer concept. Yep. By that being too blatant about it. By basically just going, okay, we're going to make it really easy for everybody to tell everybody how to play their side. So that you just don't. I And I think that's the best approach. Like Bill was saying that when he was playing the other day with John, he was like, I'm doing these abilities because this is what I'm going to accomplish. Right. And sometimes, I mean, there's still got to be some conversation. Hey, 
we're going to get blighted in these three or four places. How are we dealing with that? But I can just be like, oh, I'm going to deal with these two. Can you deal with that and that? Right. Not, oh, what? tell me what cards I have that I should play, because I definitely don't think that approach is good. And in our first game, and, and this is, I think, also one of the things I see that's important about the reclaim cards. In our first game, we were so constrained on abilities we were playing that it got to that point where there was a lot of, you would go, okay, Julie, I need you to do this, and Bill, you need to go handle this, and and okay, wait, now who's going to handle, oh, crap, who's going to handle that? And then and there was a lot of, you you were doing it, I was doing it. And I sweetie. do whatever they tell me right. to do. But I mean, there was a lot of, we were... <laughs> sort of hyper-alpha gaming each other about, no, you have to deal with this because we only had so many... And to be fair, we were pretty boned, so <laughs> I think if we hadn't been doing that, we would not have been as unsuccess- as successfully unsuccessful as we were. But now, it also was because it, we but, but were also so, con- yeah. so constrained. Very interesting, though. Today, the two of you just made decisions in what you were going to do, and you did them. Yeah. But there we wasn't were, discussion. We there wasn't. No, I, but we also we did discuss. We said, "Well, I can handle this and this." And Bill's like, "Great, I can handle this and this." And if we needed to, he was like, "Well, I can handle that." And I was like, "Cool." Instead of doing that, if that's the one you can do, maybe I can do this one. It's it fine. was actually one of the things I noticed that there was a difference between when we played before and today. Oh, okay. That maybe it was because you knew the game, or maybe it's because you because we had more cards. I don't know. That that was probably part of it. Probably it was also the the spirit I was playing. There are things I can do and things I cannot do, and that's my true. choices are coastlands, right? Like that's cool. Right. I can cover this and this and this. <laughs> I, I don't actually have more choices. True, sweetie. Do you think? Not that you can speak from experience, but do you think a non gamer would enjoy this? My automatic response was no. No. How come? Because it's very. You don't think if Amanda came over, we could sit down, or Denise came over, we could sit down and say. They have very good brains. <laughs> so I would say. Like, Denise has one of those brains that could figure it out, really, like, just by looking at it. Um, so that wasn't a good example, honey. Um, well, perfect well, example. So, so she's saying. I'm still... Don't talk about my. What I just heard was don't talk about my smart non gamer friends. No, Talk about just, the dumb ones. Actually, Denise does game. They do have a whole bunch of games. They're just not the same as that. They're just not the same as ours. I don't um, mean like Scrabble and Monopoly. No, they go deeper than that. But anyways, that's a whole different story. So um, my question is this. I would this. say there's too much, too many moving parts for a new gamer. And if you're not, if you don't think strategically. Well, if you don't think strategically, you're not going to win this game. You're going to have a hard. But I, mean, I don't think you'd enjoy it. You're, right. It's, it's going to be harder to even, like, I'm still overwhelmed, I guess. Especially with, like, pointing out that I don't know how to use my discs. I don't, I mean, I'm like, wow, yeah, I don't. So, my, I guess the real question is, would a non-gamer enjoy the game if they were learning to play with someone who knows how to play? Versus a non, uh, like, just sitting down with people who don't know how to play and trying to figure it out. I definitely don't think number two would work. No, this is not, I don't think this is a game... From that standpoint, I think the complexity rating on this is actually accurate. Um, actually, and the more we've talked about it, I'm coming around to. I think the complexity rating probably is pretty accurate. It's 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 a more complex game. I think you need to play with someone who actually knows the I game, agree. the spirits, and can advise. Like a first person, you'd have to advise a lot. 
what's the other game we oh um surviving on mars uh martian first martian first martian is another one of those games the game where with all the beads and the tiles and the stuff goes wrong and and then we i don't josh is uh, did you play it with us yeah we played it once it's you've played it, sweetie. You and I we played it. Up. You actually enjoyed it, and it's got the app, and things go wrong. Oh yes, I, I know that seems like a really general. First Martians is another game that the other game that I strongly recommend. If you have no one in your group that has played First Martians, don't try to learn it. <laughs> this is one of those games that I, I'm. Not, I wouldn't be as severe as that, but I would say. Even watching the watch it played, which was very good, and even reading the rule book first, this is a game that I think benefits greatly from past experience playing it. Sure. So the one addendum being if you no one in your group has the game and you go out and buy it, play the game solo the first time so that you learn the rules. Or several times. Sure, I, whatever. I think but both I'm not of, sure. Both I, of I, you are going to be able to sit down and play this game with other people very yeah, but I I wonder them. how much more frustrated I would have been trying to play this the first and second time, even solo, before sitting down. I I I think this is a game that it's not a hundred percent required. Clearly, people have gone out and picked it up, but I do think there is a there is a moderate barrier to entry on this game that is e- more easily overcome with at least one person in your group having played it. That's probably true. I, I mean, that's fair. I agree. I would say, yeah. unless this, you see, and I would actually recommend differently than you, Josh. I would say, if this game's absolutely screaming to you and you love everything about it, absolutely pick it up. But if you're kind of going, oh, wow, that game looks cool. I just listened to the Gamers Lounge and, and they said it's a good game. Look, and that one person is not going to go out and buy the game. <laughs> yeah, don't buy this game. Like, like, there are literally other games that are easier to play that you'll have as much fun. Find a game group, come out to Huzzah Hobbies on Thursday night, find a game group that's playing the game. And learn play that it, way. Pl- learn it with them, and then teach it to your group. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm especially interested in trying with the upper difficulties and how that mutates the game. So am I. I think that'll, I think that'll continually add the challenge now as that we you get know better it, at it. Now that we know it, it's a keeper for me. This, yeah. is, this is a game I will go to and, and Is it a out. challenge for you now? I think the higher levels will be. Right. And as you get routine for any given level, as you solve a certain level of difficulty, yeah. guess what? There's a lot more. <laughs> right. You can just keep ramping it up. And I think I, that's actually really cool. I would pull this out. Well, while I cook dinner, you guys can do that. <laughs> but that's fine. Like, like this, I think, does play. I do think it plays well at two players. Do you? Yeah. Um, does anyone ever ask your opinion with you being the one asking all the questions? I give my opinion. He starts with his, well, he always adds his opinion. <laughs> Have you ever been billed not to share his opinion? And with so that. Funny. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> Do you think it plays well with the two players? Yeah. Do you I, think it plays I, better at two or three? I, that question you didn't answer. I don't know. I, they're, they're different games, and I, don't, I, I actually don't think there's a better between those two. Okay. They, they are two different games. Yes. Um, I what I'm kind of intrigued to see if the same scaling up goes to four. I mean, we could each run two spirits. We, we play we a four-player game while we she's could. cooking dinner. <laughs> I'm serious. So, 
Sounds like that's the plans. Maybe. We're at a level four adversary. Because, you know, why would you try why, level why one, two, and three? <laughs> to the top. <laughs> there, that's not the top. No, I know. It's got a level six Brandenburg. Look, we, at that point, we were like, so we want to have a 15-minute game. Good. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I, this is one of those I'll take off the shelf. Um... I don't know about regularly. Would you put it in your trunk for Thursday night for game night? Board game night. Oh, are we creating a, cla- a hierarchy of like hierarchy. shelf game, Shelves, trunk game, carry in games? I, I don't, I don't know how to classify that. Like that's what I was just trying to think about. Like, would this sit in my trunk the way some of my other games do, just to always be there? No. This is one that I would. This is a game I would pull because I want to play this. Um. I'm trying to think of where I can see this making it to the table more than Spartacus. I can see this making it to the table less than Azul. Well, Azul, we can play every day. You well, you love Azul, but okay. So for for more complex gaming, oh. I'm not sure. Like with John and Benjamin and those guys. I think this makes it to the table a little bit less than Giant Killer Robots has. Uh, probably makes it to the table. Well, I was going to compare it to Euphoria. One, I haven't played the new Euphoria expansion yet. Two, everybody loves Euphoria, even though we don't play it all the time. So, um, I mean, I'm mild on Euphoria, but we have that on. Uh... Yeah, one of the podcasts, and you're one of the few mild sure. on Euphoria. I, I don't deny that. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, this this is something that will be in regular rotation. The question is, what is regular rotation? Oh God, that's a very complicated question. No, well, no, it's but not okay. at all. I, it, it, no, it's, it's just not. It is not well defined, and that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Like it will be defined a, as now. It now that we've nailed it down, and we, as three of us, the three of us, have played correctly, and John and I have played a two-player game correctly. <laughs> I'm not. I don't urgently want to sit down and play it. Yes, because every day you have wanted to. Right. Like, if we go back out over dinner and we're like, hey, let's play Folklore, I'm not going to be like, no, 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 let's knock out a game of Spirit Island, because I want to, which, which is where I was this morning. Let's get a, I want to sit down and play this at three players correctly again to kind of lock in my feelings. Um, so that's what I mean by you this like just goes that? into, Yeah. Like I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm at a good place. It's in regular rotation. I'm not discarding it. It's not, you and, know, and especially you don't want to overdo it because you don't want to burn them out on it. Right. But my, so my opinion when I first played it was this is a really cool game because it's different and it's interesting, and because we probably did some things wrong, challenging. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and that's but that's because I mentioned a couple times I was like, hey, this game actually is a good game. It's got stuff going on, there's 100%. weird, you know, and there's lots of interesting things. Yep. Uh, and that's why I stand by that. But so I would it go in your trunk, Josh? Uh, Everything's no. in his trunk. Uh, <laughs> that's, well, backseat more now, but yeah. <laughs> trunk and backseat is where almost all of my games live. So yes, yes, I will oh, say. A little tidbit for, like, guys who want to tell their wives or girlfriends or whatever. All gamers put games in their trunks. I thought my husband was weird. Until... I saw a lot of gamers with a lot of a lot of different games in their trunks. I mean, I don't know that. I, you and I do it. I don't. I don't check out a lot of guys' trunks. I, stuff, saw, so I can't really say. I saw quite a few. 
but we both knew that. <laughs> because because the question on Thursday board game night or Tuesday miniature night is not, hey, Josh, uh, did you bring? Yeah. It's, hey, do you want to go grab? Right. <laughs> and then it's an oddity when it's like, hey, you want to go grab? Well, uh, that wouldn't be true. I was going to say, you want to go grab Sentinels, and you're like, no, it's not. The, but yeah, that would never happen. But, you know. that Because the box is too heavy to move around regularly. Right. It lives in the car. <laughs> hey, you want to go grab Splendor? And you're like, oh, hey, I pulled that out of the car to play with the family the other day. I hadn't put it back in yet. Pretty much. You know, you want to go grab Ethereum? Oh, I didn't throw that in the car tonight. Yeah, okay. I know. Mine, mine's currently in there, too. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm trying to make it out. So. Okay. So... Julie would not put it on her shelf, but she would give it, she would play it again. Yes. And, you know, with some more future plays, maybe she'll change her opinion. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I, agree. I enjoy Josh playing would it. Enjoy I enjoy playing, playing it, and... it. It probably wouldn't make it to the car, but that's because <laughs> there's a lot of games that don't make it to the car. Yeah. I would definitely, I can definitely see it being put in regular rotation. Yeah. I'm happy to play it. So, uh, another, I would say overall positive, you know, which is good. For game reviews, we haven't hit a negative yet, and say, there I are would, some negatives on the shelf. I would hope that I wasn't negative. I'm just not as... No, you weren't negative, because don't worry, Rise of the Kajay is on the shelf, and uh, uh, <clears throat> Super Dungeon Explorer is on the shelf, and Zombicide's on the shelf. And I'm not going to say they're all negative. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. On the bright side, that would be a future podcast. That would be a future podcast. So with that, bye. Well, bye now. See you later. And back. So, uh, good little hour and a half long, you know, uh, a little bit longer than normal, but I think we covered a lot of ground there. And as you can see, it's definitely a game we were interested in. Uh, chalk that up to uh, yet another game, not surprisingly, off of Bill's shelf that, uh, you know, came out and uh, was positive. Uh, sort of an interesting story. I actually just started a new job uh, within the last couple of days. Um, I'm sure that is part, well, it is part of what contributed to me losing track of time. Uh, it's been kind of hectic and a fair bit of travel, but I am two weeks into my new job and uh, still doing some consulting, still doing services, but as part of the new hire orientation, of course, everybody has to go around the room. And, uh, you know, for the smaller consulting organization, there was about eight of us in the room uh, just for consulting. And uh, everybody was talking about what are your hobbies. So, you know, we had a couple of people here and there who who jumped in and, you know, some language people and whatnot. Uh, what I found interesting in this day and age, especially as embedded into gaming as I am, is one of the gentleman who was there came past and you know he had mentioned that he's a linguist and he loves learning new languages and you know he does a little bit of this a little bit of that and and then he sort of tucked into his shoulder said and i play some board games and tabletop games and you know i heard that and i'm like wow i i am um, i am at a very progressive tech company it's uh very open you know, open-minded, everybody do what you're passionate about, and it is uh, and basically one of the larger up-and-coming, you know, tech innovation companies. Um, so in this day and age, in that type of environment, I was surprised to see somebody who was still embarrassed by talking about board games. 
Uh, board games are huge. You know, they're out there everywhere. Um, it just sort of surprised me. So, of course, that was the hobby that I decided to highlight and jumped right in and talked about, you know, I have multiple bookshelves and uh, do lots of gaming. I was very gratified and, and it warmed my heart to see. As soon as I talked about that, the entire rest of the room lit up. And they were like, oh, man. And, you know, the the consultant who was leading, the project manager and consultant who was leading the orientation jumped right out with, well, Bill, can you, what recommendations, like if, if you had, uh, the gentleman's name was Rob, if you had Rob who has some experience playing games and some of the rest of us who have no experience, what game would you suggest? And, uh, you know, I threw some out and... You know, what other games, what do you think are the best for newer players and a mix of players? And what's your favorite game? So people got really jazzed up talking about board games. Uh, so, you know, I guess for the listener out there, if you're in an environment, you know, I get it. Like, I uh, I, I was always and have always been a bit cagey, if you will, about talking about the board game conventions I go to. You know, hey, I'm going to be going to Adepticon or to Gen Con. And some of the places I've worked... When I've talked about gaming, they've known it as, you know, poker or gambling or nobody really, you know, immediately jumps to Rising Sun or Spirit Island. Um, However, I will say that as gamers, we should all be a bit more open about our hobby. Um, Look, the culture of the geek and the year in the in the age of the geek is definitely upon us, the age of the nerd, the age of the geek, however you want to say it. Uh, Board games are very mainstream. I mean, when Dungeons & Dragons is considered a mainstream game now, we should not be afraid about our hobby board games. So just toss that out there. A little piece of advice, you know, hey, be happy to talk about the fact that you listen to podcasts and play board games and play tabletop games and just have a fun all overall. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's it. I'll get off my soapbox now. So, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please go out, leave some, uh, leave some reviews. Uh, we haven't really gotten any reviews on, on iTunes. I don't know if that's because people aren't using iTunes as much or, you know, if, if like I listen to podcasts now on my phone, so I actually have to think to go do reviews. Uh, if you are up for doing some reviews, I, I got to say, it really does help the Gamers Lounge get found. Uh, I've watched our subscriptions definitely jump up. So, you know, when I talk to you, the listener, uh, you, the listener, is is spread across multiple uh, multiple accounts now, and I really appreciate that. Um, still make sure, you know, I'm trying to keep focus and dedicate the show as long as one person's enjoying themselves. Uh, that's where we're going to go. I've enjoyed doing it, but, uh, you know. If you get a chance, it would be great if you could help other people who might be interested in the Gamers Lounge find us. Uh, It is the Gamers Lounge with the gray, sexy microphone. Um, You know, it's in hobbies. It's got a parental advisory on it and uh, could definitely use some new reviews. Uh, The most recent review is actually from 2015. So... You know, is what it is. If you could do it, that'd be great. Thank you much. Otherwise, let me let you go. Uh, Get back to your driving. Get back to your work. Get back to uh, your hobby. We'll talk to you in a bit. 